Welcome to the HBK High Performance Podcast with Michael B. Ross, a podcast designed to help leaders develop the character, skills, and passion needed to lead fulfilled and impactful lives. Here's Michael. Well, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. This is Michael B. Ross, and I would like to welcome you to the HBK High Performance Podcast. I hope that the sun is shining and the birds are chirping in your life, and I hope all your dreams are coming true. Before we get started today, as I always like to mention, if you hear one good thought, one good phrase, one good quote, or one good idea from this podcast, I would like to ask you to put that thought, phrase, idea, or quote into absolute immediate action. It is the application of our education that makes the biggest difference in our world. I do not want you to be one of those people who lives on Someday Island. Someday Island is the place where dreams die. Someday Island is where people go and they rest and they think that great ideas are just going to fall into their lap and somehow compel them to get up at that point in time and to act on it. That is not how success works. Opportunity is passing us every day like cars in the fast lane. And we have to have the wisdom to grab opportunities as they come and that will carry us to the success that we want. But you've got to take absolute immediate action on ideas that compel you if you are going to reach success. Today we're going to be talking about sales and sharing success stories. Before we get into that, however, I would love to take a moment and hear a word from our sponsors. Forever Lawn is the premier artificial grass company in the world and they are looking for dealers near you. If you're an entrepreneur, business owner, or investor looking for a great opportunity in a thriving market, then Forever Lawn is a great fit for you. Forever Lawn has separated themselves by the quality of their grass, by their innovation in developing new products, and by the integrity of their customer service. Forever Lawn makes it their mission to help their dealers thrive. They have easy-to-use systems, training, and proactive support to ensure success. Visit www.foreverlawn.com and click on the Business Opportunities page today for more information. So when I started my training and consulting business about 10 years ago, I was able to connect with an organization out of New Jersey that was a great up-and-coming organization uh, however, the business had kind of stagnated over the last four or five years, and they weren't growing, but they weren't going backwards. They were kind of staying the same with their numbers, and I had been referred to them by a mutual friend, and the owner of the business wanted to meet with me, so we ended up meeting at a conference together, and so we go to this conference, and he and I meet for coffee, and as we're meeting for coffee... He comes up to me and says, hey, I heard you're the guy that can help me grow my business. He says, we're kind of stagnated. We've been in the same place for quite a long period of time. I was hoping you could help me grow. I heard you're the guy that could do it. And I said, I may be able to. I'm not sure if I can or not, but let's find out you know, if I can. So anyways, I started asking him a bunch of questions about his vision, about his goals and his personal goals. And there was a couple things that stuck out to me. You know, he said specifically he wanted a 25% increase. And I said, well, that's very specific number. Could you tell me why you want that? And he said, well, that would take my profits up by about another, you know, uh, another certain amount of money. And he said, with that, he goes, I bought a boat. He said, I bought a new truck. And he said, 
I want to pay my house off. He said, so I want to be out of debt in the next couple of years, which I thought was a really, really good plan. And I thought that was a, a, a very admirable goal. And so I started to ask him some more questions because I, I want to find out why he wasn't growing. So I started asking him some more questions. I, I said, okay, so let's say that you have a 25% increase in your business in the next year. Would that be a successful year. And he looks at me kind of funny. He says, yeah, that'd be a successful year. I said, well, hold on. You, you know, let's say beyond that, let's say you have a 50% increase. Forget 25. Let's say you have a 50% increase. I said, uh, what would that look like? Would that be a successful year? And he says, yes, that would be a very successful year. And I said, well, what if you had, you know, a hundred percent increase? And he starts looking at me funny. Like I, you know, was just out of a cuckoo's nest. And I, I said, oh, what if you had 100%? Would that be a successful year? And he says, yeah. And then I asked him this really odd question. I said, okay, let's say that a communist regime comes and takes over our country and they throw you into a concentration camp for being a capitalist and being a successful business owner. I said, would you have had a successful year? And he stopped and he paused and he looked down and looked back up at me and he's thinking... Where is the nearest exit so I can get out of here? No. He looks at me and he says, um, no, it would be a terrible year. It would be not successful. And I could tell he was getting a little agitated, didn't know where I was going. And so I said, wait a minute. You're telling me you wouldn't have gained anything from the year whatsoever. And he stopped. And he thought about it. And he said, well, I guess, you know, I would have, you know, I had to work a little bit harder, you know, maybe schedule my time a little bit better. I said, okay, that's good. I wrote that down. I said, what else? He said, well, I would have had to communicate better. I said, okay, communication, good, increased communication, better communication. And then he stopped. And he looked at me. He looked down at the table. He looked back up at me, and he said, and I would have had to become more patient. And I said, okay, explain that to me. What do you mean become more patient? He says, well, there's kind of a running joke that I lose my temper. And I said, well, is it a joke or is it real? And he said, no, I, I lose my temper. He goes, I've lost my temper on my employees quite a few times. He says, I've lost it on vendors. He goes, I've even lost it on clients. And he goes, I've lost a few clients as a result of losing my temper. And so we got into details about patience and why he was losing his temper. And so I stopped. And I looked at him. I said, listen, I said, out of all the things that you want in your business, I would venture to guess that if we work on patience and we help you become more patient in these trying situations where your blood pressure rises and you lose your temper, if we work on patience in your life, I believe that all the other things in your business will take care of themselves. Do you believe that? And he said, yeah. I said, so let me ask you this. If I help you work on your patience, would this be worth your time, energy, and money? And he said, yes. So what we did over the next year is we worked on his patience. And there were many trying situations that came up that he would call me when his blood temperature would rise and he's ready to lose his temper. And I would help him work through it in a healthy, acceptable way. And there were things in his personal life that would come up and he would shoot me a text or email me and say, hey, I need a special attention here on this situation. And I would give him special attention on that situation. And then we kept working together over the next year. Well, let me tell you what happened. He did not, in that first year, did not have a 25% increase. He did have an increase in his business, but it wasn't 25%. Over the next 
two years, he had a 100% increase in his business. And he and I ended up going to the same conference together again, and he gave me a testimony, and he said, Michael Ross helped me grow my business. And everybody was giving him special attention because at this business, he's telling everybody about all the growth he had and all the people he had to hire and all the new clients. But he said, Michael Ross helped me grow my business. He goes, I'm not really as excited about that as I thought I was. What I'm most excited about is I'm now a better husband and I'm a better father as a result of working with Michael Ross. So the business stuff really doesn't mean all that much to me. After that conference, I ended up getting pretty busy. A lot of people wanted to hire me to coach them and help them in their business. And really, at the end of the day, what I was there to do was help him become a better person. And I believe this. If you become a better person, I believe all of the things in your business and your life are connected and business success is a result of being a great person. And so business numbers will take care of themselves. And so I love to share that story because it is compelling and it's something that we all think about as we're growing in our lives and and we're going into things we want to have success in. It's sometimes hard to think about working on ourselves more than we work on our career or work on the systems, but really that's the key to success. And that story is something that if you were with me and I told you that story and you were thinking about doing business with me might put you over the edge. And you may say, you know what, Michael, I want to engage in business with you. And stories have been the primary way we've imparted knowledge since the beginning of time. And the good news is anyone can tell and learn stories. Now, let me say this. As a salesperson, the thesis for today is that it is imperative that you become a master storyteller. There's an old saying, facts tell, stories sell. According to psychologist Jerome Bruner, if facts are put into a story, a person is 20 times more likely to remember them. You probably remember when I was talking to that gentleman from New Jersey, what he wanted as far as his increase is concerned. He wanted a 25% increase. You probably remember that. And he got a 100% increase over two years. Now, if you tell your facts inside of a story, people are 20 times more likely to remember them. Another reason stories are so important is there are three types of learners. There's visual learners, which make up 40% of the population. There's auditory learners who make up 40% of the population. And there's kinetic learners who make up 20% of the population. And stories attract all three. The story's imagery influences visual learners. The vocabulary influences auditory learners. And the emotions and feelings connect with kinetic learners. So we have to be able to tell really good stories about what we offer and what they do for our clients. Now, there's three ingredients to a great story. And let's start with the first one. First one is context. Context is vital to a great story. So when and where a story takes place, if you remember my story, it was at a conference. It's a few years ago. It was when I first started my business, so I said 10 years ago. Who and what is the hero? I wouldn't necessarily call myself the hero. I'd say my client was the hero in that story. Who or what is the antagonist? 
I was an antagonist in the story, but he was also an antagonist. So it was back and forth. And then think about this. How can the audience relate? Well, in my story, everybody wants success. Everybody wants to grow. Everybody has felt like at some point in time that you're stagnant, that you're not getting any better, and you're working year in and year out, and you're not improving, and you don't know how. Everybody has felt like that before. So that's how my story relate. But always think, how can the audience relate? So the first ingredient to a great story is context. The second great ingredient to a great story is action. Now, when it comes to telling a story and, and you're talking about action, don't get caught into the details. What you want to do is say, what's the battle? What's the battle that we're facing? I know in my story, the battle was getting over the hump. I don't know how to grow. The battle is I'm fighting, I'm working hard, and I'm not getting any better. I'm not improving. I've been stagnant. That's the battle. And what are the successes and failures? So the successes of the person was that they were at least staying the same. They weren't going backwards. But the failure was that he was losing his temper over and over again with vendors, with clients, with employees. And he was losing people as a result of it. So that was a major failure. So action is number two. Number three is the result. Who triumphs? What's the moral of the story? What action should they follow to reach their path to victory? So if I'm talking about that story, who triumphs? My client triumphed. He won. And by the way, he's still winning to this day. They are in, His organization is continuing to grow, and it's amazing. So what's the moral of the story is work harder on yourself than you do on your job. If you work hard on your job, you will earn a living. If you work hard on yourself, you will earn a fortune beyond your wildest dreams. I'm a better husband and a better father. That's wealth beyond your wildest dreams. You can't quantify that in numbers. Yeah, he had a 100% increase in his business. He didn't even care about it. Who cares about the money when I've got the greatest treasure of all of being a great husband and a great father? So what action should they follow to reach their path of victory? Well, I hope after hearing that story, that you work harder on yourself than you do on your job. That you look at the things in your life that are holding you back internally so that externally you'll see a manifest of that value out into the world. That's what I hope. So three ingredients to a great story. It's very simple. Number one is context. Number two is action. Number three is result. Now, here's some keys, really quick tips to becoming a great storyteller. Number one, borrow them from others. There's nothing wrong with telling stories borrowed from other people. Gather stories. And that's the quickest path to becoming a great storyteller is to tell other people's stories and even tell them the way they've told them. If you like the way somebody tells a story, just do the R&D department, quote, quote unquote, rob and duplicate. <laughs> just take it from them and duplicate it. There is no... Corner on the market with stories, with great stories out there. Tell the story of George Washington and the cherry tree. Even though it's a fable, it's a great story. I cannot tell a lie. Tell the story of Martin Luther King Jr. and his dream. Tell the stories of the people who have triumphed in struggle and overcome all sorts of obstacles to reach success. Tell other people's stories. And then next, write them. 
To have original stories, you have to write them. G.K. Chesterton once said, reading makes a learned man, writing a precise man. So you want to write your stories out. Don't ever, ever in your life believe the lie that your story is not compelling and not important. Everybody's story is compelling. Everybody has a unique story to tell because our life is a story. Our life is a journey. Our life is something that could be used to compel others. I don't care if you look at other people's story, you think theirs is so great. Yours is too. So you've got to take the time, however, to write them down, to give yourself enough value to write them down. And then finally, number three is you practice, practice, practice. You've got to practice. When I started speaking and sharing my own story and I stepped out in vulnerability to share my own story, I used to practice in the mirror. I would practice on an audio recording device. This was before cell phones had the audio recording features to them. So I would record them. I got a little flip video camera, and I used to practice on video. I practiced in the car. I practiced in the shower. I practiced while I was on the basketball court. I practiced while I exercised. I practiced all the time trying to share stories. And it's funny. People have said to me, you're such a natural storyteller. Well, I'm a natural storyteller who has practiced thousands of times. So just remember, if you are going to be a master salesperson, you need to become a master storyteller. So share success stories in your life and share the success stories of your clients. It's more more rewarding to share success stories from your clients who have gotten to success as a result of your products and services. Make sure you share stories regularly, often, and become a master storyteller. I hope that this was beneficial to you today, and I hope you take these tips and you get high-performing sales in your business. Talk to you next time on the HBK High Performance Podcast. Be sure to take immediate action on the ideas that compelled you from today's podcast. For information about the courses, resources, and services available from HBK High Performance, visit hbkln.com.